there's moments where you're like, why did this happen to me? And what is the point? Mm -hmm. What was the purpose beyond just like our family? And so to have the opportunity to share it. And obviously, I don't really want someone to need it. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Today, we are here again with Alex Green and her second of three podcasts. She is sharing with us her story of Iris, a very poignant story. Only God knows the reason that Iris was born with a genetic abnormality called trisomy 18. Last week, Alex shared her journey through the pregnancy and ended right at the time of Iris's birth. And this week, Alex will be talking about her nine days of life with them. Alex shares from an emotional perspective. She shares from a spiritual perspective. And after hearing this, I am pretty sure you will not be the same. I already knew of her story, but this interview, I have to say, has impacted me in a whole new way. If you haven't heard her first podcast, it's podcast number 39, I highly suggest you go back and listen to it before you listen to this podcast. So let's jump in now and return to Alex and Pat Green's journey with their sweet baby Iris. She lived nine days. We knew just from the process of diagnosis and everything that we learned during the pregnancy, we knew that if she survived her birth and lived beyond the hospital that our goal would have been to bring her home on hospice just so that Mm -hmm. she could come home to our house and we could enjoy her for as many days as God gave her. And we were able to do that. We left within probably 24 hours of her being born. We brought her home on hospice and she was home here with us for nine days. Wow. Wow. Precious nine days, I'm sure. (laughs) A whirlwind. (laughs) Whirlwind. Yeah, hard, hard, but yeah, but still precious because she was precious. I have heard you say this before that you saw Iris as a child with her own identity, loved by God, cherished by God. Did you hold that all the way through? Did you see it that way? Am I putting words in your mouth? No. You're asking if I ever stopped seeing her that way. Yeah. I would say no. There were, I would say no. I think I always, God really helped keep me grounded for the most part. I mean, there were moments of desperation where I was probably not real aware of what was happening just because it was a a long Mm -hmm. nine days. But I always felt a real peace, honestly, about her having her own story. But it's kind of how I view parenting. Like we just... We are given children as a gift. They don't belong to us. And I Mm -hmm. knew that with Theo, but Iris just made it. There was no option to think otherwise with her because I had so little control over the circumstances of her life. Everything that I would have imagined or planned went out the window when I got the phone call from my doctor at Mm -hmm. nine weeks. There was 
at that point, you're just, she belongs to God and her story is, is her own story and her identity and, and her hope and everything is in what Jesus has done for us. Her story highlights the hope that we have because Jesus died for us. Without that, then I feel like her story would be really purposeless and that would be really frustrating and it would feel like for nothing. But the reality of Mm -hmm. Jesus is so much more real when you have a child who has circumstances that you can't change and a prognosis Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, most doctors would just say, this is fatal. This is, she is incompatible with life. I mean, really harsh language that felt like, but she's still our baby like she's still she's still Mm -hmm. a a precious human being Mm -hmm. and you still you still call her by name in such a way that has such tenderness and I really appreciate that because that sort of exemplifies everything that you've just been talking about she is very Mm -hmm. much she's a part of our family I think like as much as that's somewhat limited because we had such short amount of time with us we have photos up of her in our house theo still talks about her i would say if not daily at least every other day his teacher at school knows about her because when he draws family portraits she's in those family portraits that's beautiful that's beautiful this experience that you went through which was extremely difficult uh, I'm sure aspects of it were really difficult. How did it affect you spiritually? Did you did you change spiritually because of it? Or I don't know, can you comment on yeah, that? Yeah, I think for me, spiritually, there was highs and lows. There was definitely moments of anger or frustration or doubt or, you know, there's always that questioning of things. I still don't fully understand it. So there's there was those moments, but there was also lots of moments where I felt Jesus really step in and increase my faith in ways that I had never experienced before. I can remember the day after our initial phone call, we had our community group and we went to community group and we just, we shared with our community group the news and then we all prayed and I I prayed for us just filled with so much faith in that moment that I look back and I think, who was that person? <laughs> because it didn't it didn't feel like it was of me. It felt like God is giving me a faith right now that I could never muster up on my own. So spiritually, there was lots of moments like that that just kind of blew me away that that was what God was producing in me in that season. And then during our pregnancy, there was similar moments. And then when she was actually home with us for those, those nine days, there was lots of moments of just the, the deepest desperation I've ever experienced. But the physical presence that I felt from the Lord, just I knew he was with me. That I don't know, when you're in a situation where you don't know what, to do and you're just at the end of yourself because you're brokenhearted and you're tired and you're anticipating the death of your child 
mm-hmm. every hour. Jesus is, is there in those moments. He was there with me in those moments. So spiritually, it was really a roller coaster, but there's some definitely standout moments that I will never forget and have changed my faith for this lifetime. Uh, it seems to me once you've been through this and you've seen God get you through this, you know, God can get you through just about anything. Yeah. I mean, God can get you through yeah. anything. <laughs> but oh, that's beautiful. Alex, I am just appreciating your honesty. Oh, no, I honestly thank you. I think when God gives you a story or does something like this in your life, there's moments where you're like, why did this happen to me? And what is the point? Mm-hmm. Of, what was the purpose beyond yeah. just like our family? And so to have the opportunity to share it, and obviously I don't really want someone to need it. <laughs> right. Going through this experience and knowing that other people around you may not really understand it if they haven't been through it, and then also going through experience with your husband, did did this affect any relationships around you? Or is there anything to share with others about what might be going on? In relationships? Definitely. I think, well, starting with Pat and I, it grew us much closer together. I mean, we were close already, but it has bonded us in a way that I really can't put into words, to be honest. Nobody knows the situation like Pat and I do. The deepest, darkest moments of this, of Iris's life and of her story, we shared those moments together. And even individually, Mm -hmm. there are things like I experience things that Pat will never experience in it and and vice versa. But it definitely bonded us together. And I think for us, it also taught us how to give one another space. This was our first time where we really had to grieve anything together. I think we'd been married six or seven years at that point, but we just hadn't had major opportunities for grief or loss. And so it taught us a lot about each other in that aspect. And so I'd say someone else in a similar situation, give give yourself room to to be different. Someone doesn't have to grieve or think the same way about the situation. Sometimes Mm. Pat is someone that doesn't necessarily want to continue to talk about something after the initial conversation. And I am more of a verbal processor and and do want to talk about Mm. it. So it was helpful for me to have close friends that I could share it with. And it was helpful for Pat to like go and do stuff to clear his head. So be okay with being different and how you process things. I think for like our families, it was interesting because again, you're all grieving and everybody grieves things differently. And I think, you know, I think I'm like, I'll use myself as an example. I was going to use my mom, but for myself, I wasn't just grieving it for me, but I was also grieving it for Pat. And I grieved it really hard for Theo. Even now, it like really crushes me because I couldn't protect him from it. Like I could kind of in some way feel like I was controlling my own feelings and emotions towards it, but he had to experience loss at such a young age. And I'm I'm thankful for it because it's shaped the way that he views the world and views eternity but it was hard to to walk through that with Mm. him 
even now it's still hard to have those conversations. Yeah, but just with other people, just recognizing that they're all grieving it and you're also trying to grieve it. And so it was, it's challenging, but we have a very supportive, close family, thankfully. And nobody really questioned or challenged the choices we were making either. I thought that often, man, I wonder if anybody's like, why are they going through with this pregnancy or, you know, maybe they should do more for her end of life care. But we never felt that kind of pressure from anybody. Everybody was really just with us. And I think that Pat would say the same thing. We just had a ton of support from the people around us. I will also say Mm -hmm. that we chose to be pretty private about it during our pregnancy. We kind of limited the amount of people that we shared with. So people knew we were pregnant, that you can't really keep that a secret, but we didn't really share the diagnosis with many people outside of immediate family, our community group. There was a handful of people at church that we would tell, but it was important to me that we didn't let it consume us. Mm. It was an extreme situation, but we still had to go on living life and we couldn't like live in the anticipation of what was coming. We could mm-hmm. gather information and be prepared, but we still had to carry on with our daily taking care of Theo, going to work. Like we still had to do mm-hmm. those things. And so we, we didn't share with a ton of people and it worked well for us yeah. to have the support group that we did. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself uh, clinging to any particular scriptures at this time? Or were you just so busy handling it? There was a few. I didn't spend a ton of time. You didn't yeah, have the time. This season of life with a young, a young baby and being pregnant. Well, I'll share these verses. Uh, one for me was Psalm 23, which I had re- memorized Psalm 23 when I was pregnant with Theo. And it was my labor and delivery kind of mantra with When I was in labor with Theo, I just recited Psalm 23 to myself, which was very helpful and very peaceful. And so that continued to be verses that Mm. just stuck with me. And the depths of those verses, when, you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it all took new perspective and a new situation. And it was amazing to me how much more can be in a verse you've read many times or you gleaned from in a different season and then you're in a new season that's drastically different. I mean, Theo's birth was very typical and easygoing. And so that verse was like so hopeful, but it was hopeful in a different way when I was pregnant with Iris that it just, God was with me. So that was very helpful. Another one God just brought to mind, it was a verse that I'd like heard many times, but it just kept coming to mind during my pregnancy was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And it was a verse that I had heard many times and you know, the, I'm not real certain of the context of it here, but for me, it just, it felt like what God was asking me to do in that pregnancy was to trust him and to not lean on what my understanding, but to, to lean on him and to acknowledge him. And he would make the way for us, make the way for Iris. 
So I feel like that was one. And then especially after her birth and after she had passed, I really love first Peter and the verses at the beginning of first Peter, first Peter one, six through nine. And this you rejoice. So now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Again, it was just a verse that I had read and just honestly had no really connection to, but I thought, wow, that sounds like faith, the kind of faith I would want to have. And I think after this, having Iris, I felt like my faith has been tested and God's given me faith that is genuine. Mm-hmm. Faith that's gold. Yeah. And so those all helped me feel, I guess, find purpose in the story that we walked through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. What a precious story is unfolding. Next week, Alex is going to return and wrap up this discussion with more thoughts and perspective and also an offer to you. And I hope that you will take her up on it. She is willing to come back and meet with whoever desires on a Zoom call. This will be a free call. I am so grateful that she has made this offer. And if you are interested you need to send me an email at lori at kidsstrengthforlife.com and I'm including that link in the show notes. So until next week when we get to hear the conclusion of this painfully sweet story, I just pray that you will rest in the Lord.